Hello, it is Josephine here, your performing arts business strategist and coach. Today, I want to share with you my Uluru experience. Uh, I recently went on a business retreat. I literally just got back two days ago and it was absolutely transformative. I want to talk about all the things just for fun, but also the things I learned on that experience. Um, Uluru is such a magical place. For anyone listening that doesn't know about it, it's in the Northern Territory of Australia and it's sacred land to our Indigenous people um, of, of that local region. And it's just magical. It's absolutely magical. And yeah, I want to experience uh, my four days that I spent there also the lessons I learned, not just in the retreat, but just from being away and having that space. Um, yeah, there's a lot of takeaways and I'm going to share them all with you. So stick around and let's do it. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts and all that jazz. Hello and welcome to the show today as I talk about Uluru and the lessons I learned whilst I was there. Now, firstly, for anyone listening, um, Uluru is, you know, it's it's a well-known landmark in Australia. It's in the Northern Territory, as I mentioned, and it's, I mean, you might just say, oh, wow, it looks like a big rock. <laughs> But there's so much more to it. Um, the earth around it is red. You know, there's red sand. It's desert for miles. And it's absolutely stunning. Now, I did go to a business retreat for four days, three nights, four days. Um, I stayed at, you know, a place called Desert Gardens Hotel. Uh, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> when you come from Sydney, it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. There's three hotels next to each other and they're small three small hotels lined up next to each other and there's a town square and in the town square there's probably about 10 shops and that's it that's that's the town and Alice Springs not for another I don't know five hours away or something and it's so essentially it's just desert for miles there's nothing there there's a post office an IGA which is a shopping market um, a couple of clothing stores um, like a gift store and a restaurant that's it. Like literally that is it. Uh, there is a beautiful um, Indigenous art gallery that I went to. That was stunning. I enjoyed that. 
Um, other than that, it's really just about going to see Uluru. So going to the, see the sites, you go on tours, you go around, um, you can see the Olgas, which is another, um, landmark. Um, and you do, you do a bit of a, you know, a track walk around, um, the sacred sites and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And, you know, go and see the caves with, um, indigenous artwork from, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago and all that, all of that. It's pretty magic. It's pretty magic. I have to say. Um, the retreat I went to was actually through, uh, one of my mentors, Tina Tower. She had a retreat, um, for her empire builders. Uh, yes, her empire builder. That's right. <laughs> um, I am building my empire after all. <laughs> so, you know, um, that was pretty cool. They had, uh, keynote speakers, guest, guests. Um, I was on the, one of the panels. So, um, as a member of the network, um, I applied to be on one of the panels to speak in front of the, um, the guests there. And I, and I was selected to do so. Funnily enough, I was speaking about the topic of podcasting. And so that was really cool. I was on the panel with, um, you know, three other ladies, including Tina Tower and got to speak about that. Uh, I have to say my entry to, uh, the Northern Territory was a little bit distressed. I actually left, well, when I got to the airport, in Sydney, I had my suitcase and it was too heavy. So they said, oh, you need to take some stuff out, um, but you do have more weight available in your carry-on luggage. So if you transfer some things from your suitcase into your carry-on luggage, you're good and you don't have to pay extra. I was three kilos over. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's going to cost $15 a kilo. Now, I was happy to pay that, but then I thought, you know what, that's silly. Just transfer some stuff into a bag and carry it on. No big deal. So I open up my suitcase. I removed three pairs of boots. Yes, I had three pairs of boots. Three pairs of boots. Um, I removed my GHD, which is a hair straightening iron. And I removed the crown that I was wearing, um, that I was going to be wearing at the Queen of the Desert party. Yes, we all dressed as drag queens in the desert and it was super fun. And... I was going and I removed my jewelry, which had a necklace in it that my mother-in-law gave me, uh, a diamond necklace for my wedding, actually. I didn't even know what I was thinking, taking it out into carry-on luggage. But anyway, that's what I did. So I had all these things, put them into carry-on luggage and away I was going. The next thing that happens is I go for a coffee in the food court at the airport which is fine, right? So you go there and then it's my flight. And so I leave. And because I didn't, I didn't think about that being a part of my carry-on luggage because I already had my laptop bag. So I grab my laptop bag and head to the plane to board. And then when I get on the plane, I go, ah, no. And I realized that I'd left those extra bits that I took out of my suitcase that carry-on luggage bag with my boots, jewellery, um, the crown for the party, <laughs> which I borrowed off my costume director, by the way, um, and my, yeah, all the things, my GHD, the boots, whatever. Yeah, I left it under the, the bloody table at the, at the Sydney airport, the cafe. Can you believe it? So I start to panic. Um, and then I start crying. <laughs> And it was just terrible. I'm like, please, I have to go get the bag. And they're like, no, if you leave now, you're going to miss the flight. And there's only one flight a day, by the way. 
to Uluru. It's not like, oh, yeah, you can just catch a flight like in an hour. Once you're off, you're off. And that means I would have missed an entire day out of this like four day, this three, four day experience. And so I was like at a crossroads and I thought, do I take, do I lose the things or do I lose the experience? What do I value more experience or things, experience or things? And I said, I value experiences more. So I let it go. By the way, it ends well, don't worry. Um, they did give me a number to security. They rang the ground staff to try and find it. But the whole time I was on my way to Uluru, I thought, okay, I've, I've lost all of the things. So I straight away, um, after I had a bit of a cry, I was really upset about it, which I thought, oh, God, what is wrong with me? Like I'm so upset about stuff. Like who cares about stuff? What is going on with me? So I wrote a list of all the things that I'd lost And then I wrote a solution next to them. Like, you know, I lost the boots. That's okay. I can buy a new pair of boots. I lost, um, the crown that I was going to, the, the gold crown that I was going to wear this costume piece to the, you know, queen of the desert party. That's okay. I will tell Bernie, my costume director, that I'm very sorry. I will apologize and I will ask her how much it is to replace the crown and all of that stuff. The only thing that was not replaceable was the diamond necklace that I got from my mother-in-law for my wedding. And then I said, that's okay. When I hit a business goal, um, I will, like, cause I have monthly business goals. If I hit my next monthly business goal or whatever, I will replace the necklace and buy and treat myself with a diamond necklace, all this stuff, which I, you know, I didn't want to do cause it's a few thousand dollars and I'm not just, you know, I, I didn't want that to happen. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be my wedding necklace and it wouldn't be from my mother-in-law, but I was basically trying to calm myself down with a solution strategy of all the things I'd lost. (sighs) Anyway, that really helped. So I'd calm down. I'd come, I was at peace with the thought that I'd lost everything. And then when I got off the plane, I called the security number to see if they'd found it and they did. So, um, Yes. I said just to hold it into, they said they could fly it over to Uluru. And I'm like, no, just forget it. I'm going to be in conferences. It might not make it. And then it's like more complex. There's no taxis or Ubers or anything, by the way, where I was staying. There's no civilization. (laughs) Um, They have indigenous communities that live off the land still. Um, near Uluru, which is absolutely beautiful. You can't see the Indigenous communities because going into their community is like stepping into their home. So um, those parts are sectioned off for tourists and so they should be. Um, but, yeah, there's not much happening. There's no – yeah, you can't call an Uber to go back to the hotel. There's none of that. You'd have to wait for the shuttle bus and they come every several hours. So it was like it's just forget it, just leave it at Sydney Airport and I will pick it up like in, you know, in four days. And I did, and it was all there. Anyway, what did I learn from that experience? (laughs) This isn't the lessons I was going to talk about, by the way, but hey, may as well just don't just, I should have just paid the $15 a kilo, 45 bucks for peace of mind, or I should have weighed my bag before I left and not gone over and maybe arranged better carry on luggage. Anyway, whatever that happened. Um, so that's one lesson. That's one lesson you didn't think you're going to learn today. Um, the next one is 
Oh my goodness, it was an absolutely transformative experience being in a room away from life and away from family. And if you ever get the opportunity to really spend time on your business, not in it, I recommend you do that because people talk about that. Oh, you know, spend more time on it, not in it. What does that mean? Well, the best way to do it, honestly, is to get away from it all. Now, I went by myself. I didn't bring my husband. I didn't bring my kids. And that was absolutely amazing. Um, super transformative experience and really gave me the time to reflect on my business. Um, this was with a group of other women. As I mentioned, it was a women's business conference. It was probably about 50 or so women there. Um, and so having that connection with others outside of my world was also was also great. So having that connection. Um, now, what did that connection look like? Well, I feel like you can get such a great perspective off others that are outside of your, your inner circle. Um, and we all know that business can be super isolating, right? It can be so isolating. So just being able to go into a space where everyone's in the same boat I absolutely loved that. I absolutely loved that. Now, there were so many tears shed at this event, like literally it it, it actually got quite heavy at, at some points um, in a good way, but it could get heavy because you really were challenged to think about what your life is, what your business looks like and how you want your life to look. Sometimes when you do that, and all the efforts, blood, sweat, and tears you've put into this, it's it's so intense, you know, it can be so intense. Um, and, you know, we talked a lot about stepping into your power unapologetically. We actually had an amazing speaker. Her name was Kemi Nekvapul. Um, and she, Kemi, um, she's the author of a book called Power. And she, her her presentation was absolutely captivating. Um, you know, she's originally from, um, you know, she's flown from England, all that sort of thing. She talks about her struggles, you know, being brought up, um, in the foster care system as a person of color, um, raised by a white family, um, you know, several families, all that sort of thing. And it was just really interesting to come from that, um, perspective and listen to others who've really walked very different paths. So, you know, I feel like a really big lesson that I learned from that was that it is so important for me to actually book in time to reflect. So it's not enough to say, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You actually have to schedule it in. It's okay to schedule thinking time. I think we need to schedule thinking time. And how do you schedule think thinking time? You literally clear out your calendar. And so whether or you don't have to go to Uluru, <laughs> although that's nice, you can go anywhere, you can do anything. It might even be that you say, I'm not looking at my emails today. Don't book me in. I'm not going to book any appointments, any classes. I'm going to not um, look at my inbox today. I'm just going to sit in my business and really think. And the clarity that comes from that is amazing. So one of the things that I've been struggling with lately in my business 
And I, and I've sort of know, I knew the answer, but I needed that time away. Like I said, to actually come to accepting the answer. That's the other bit. There's a few pieces to this. So sometimes we know instinctively what we need to do in our business, but we're not willing to, we're not willing to do it because we're afraid um, of perhaps the effort that's involved in making a change or we're just afraid of the uncertainty around the change or, you know, the rejection if we do something differently. So, yeah, so I really had a bit of a struggle around um, I have a growth mindset and so, you know, I want my Musical Makers Club to be a household name and reach all the people and do all the things um, across the country, you know, but I realized that I was going about it the wrong way. So my philosophy was, you know, keep growing it, keep putting weekly programs in like multiple club sites and all this sort of stuff. And then I've come to realize that, you know, there's so much more than just making it big, like bigger is not necessarily better. Also, that um, revenue is vanity and profit is sanity, right? So revenue is vanity. So if I make a million dollars, right, but 950000 of that million dollars is spent on making a million dollars, then, it, you know, what's the point? If I make $200,000 and only $100,000, so 50% was spent on making that 200, then I'm actually better off because first of all, the energy it takes to make a million dollars versus, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars is totally different. But secondly, I'm actually making more profit on the other end. So, you know, bigger isn't always better. And I've always known that to be true, but I think I needed to step away. I had some ideas about how I wanted to grow my studio business and program, um, and I was pretty set in those ideas for a long time and I was preparing to really kick into gear on that and now I've decided that actually, no, that's not how I want to do it. I still want to grow my business but the way I had planned to do it was really, is really not the way. It's not the way forward and um, it's not worth the stress, it's not worth the energy, it's not worth it financially for me to do it that way the risk. And I'm really at ease with that now because there's other things I want to do. Like I'm in the coaching space, as you know, so I'm a performing arts business strategist and coach. So I coach um, studio owners and creatives and performing artists in, you know, how to develop a thriving um, business and career in the arts. Um, and, and of course I've also got my flagship course, Talent Manager Bootcamp, which helps, you know, take the studio owner to talent manager so they can represent their students in film and TV and commercial theater, all that jazz. Um, so that's, that's sort of the things that I do now, aside from my studio business and aside from my talent agency. And I love working like business to business and with other, you know, studio owners and, and creatives. I love that. And I want to do more of that. So if I want to do more of that, I can't do it all. There's only so many hours in a day, right? And people will say, oh, you've got the same amount of hours as anybody else in the world, but your circumstances are different. So you can say, oh, I've got as many hours as Beyonce. Well, 
that's ridiculous because everybody might have the same amount of hours, but your circumstances and challenges may be very different, whether it be socioeconomic, whether it be family support, whether it be, you know, privileged or not privileged in the world, like whatever it is, you know, your, your 24 hours a day may look very different to someone else's. So just because you have the same amount of minutes doesn't mean that you have the resources to spend them the exact same way as someone else. Um, and that's not an excuse. That's just a reality, right? So I think for me, um, you know, knowing that if I want to build my, um, my flagship course even further and, and reach more studio owners and, you know, um, provide more support to creatives in business, then something's got to give. And, and I'm comfortable with that now. I know how I want to do it. You know, I love producing shows. I love producing content. I'm going to continue to do that. I just don't need to grow my weekly programming across Australia because weekly programming is heavy, you know, right? If you're someone that runs classes or has a studio or whatever, like it's a lot of staffing. It's quite modular staffing too. So an hour here, you need someone for three hours there, two hours here, five hours there. So there's a lot of casual staff involved in it. Um, then you need all the other things like we hire venue. So we don't, I don't have my own studio because we're in multiple sites. So, um, I used to have my own studio, not anymore. Um, now I prefer to just sublease off other spaces. So we do that and it's very modular. Um, so then, you know, you're renting multiple sites, you're dealing with council, independent, um, you know, landlords, all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts. And I think for me, recognizing that I don't want to deal with that many moving parts anymore, that's been really um, freeing. So I got all of that just by being away <laughs> and giving myself permission to make that decision. I think that's the key as well. It's really about um, giving yourself permission, right, to be free in that decision. So what's the lesson there? I'm, you know, stepping into my power unapologetically. Less is more. I'm going to focus on what's working. I'm going to remove the things that aren't. Saying no is okay. So I've had to say no a few times this week. Um, <laughs> you know, we've been approached. I used to say yes to everything because I'm like, how dare I, you know, especially when you come from like no money or whatever, or you've had some struggle or challenge when someone gives you an opportunity to earn money or, you know, you want to take it, that's the nature of it. But um, just saying no is so powerful. So I've said no to um, some jobs that have come my way. Um, I've rejected them and it felt good. It actually felt really, really good. These are, um, you know, basically we were approached to do some events and like workshops and interactive workshops and stuff um, during my Moana Junior Show Week. And I'm already short-staffed. It would have been really high pressure to facilitate both the show week and also run those events. And normally I would always do both. And this time I've just said, no, we just, we just can't facilitate that. I'm sorry. And we rejected it. And that's like, you know, it was a couple of thousand dollars worth of bookings. Um, but I've had to say no and that's okay. 
Um, so yeah, so so those key takeaways um, from Uluru, because that's what this is all about, right? That transformative experience. Really, number one, give yourself time to reflect on your business and be away from your business so that you're not always in your business. Yeah, you need to you need to have space to think. Number two is connection. If you're feeling isolated, connecting with other people, like you know, going into a network scenario or you know, going to a business retreat, joining a group is so powerful. Um, number three is stepping into your power unapologetically and saying no, no is okay. And number four, less is more. Focus on what's working and remove the things that are not. And number five, don't leave your carry-on luggage at the airport. <laughs> Don't put too much crap in your suitcase and then, and then yeah, leave it under a table at the coffee, the coffee shop. It's not great. It's just not great. Don't do that. So there's a few takeaways from my Uluru transformative experience. Um, as always, have a beautiful day. I hope there was some, you know, little nuggets there for you. I, oh, I just wanted to share my story with you all. And, um, yeah, I'm going to now, um, be a, getting ready. I'm getting ready for show week. Actually in two days, we bump into the theater for six days for Moana junior. Lots of fun. This is our junior production. So kids aged four to 12 years are in our Moana shows. We have three different casts across six days in theater. So yeah, they do technical rehearsals, dress rehearsals, and then they do the show. Um, it's lots and lots of fun, but it's a really big week. So I've got to go and get ready. I've actually got my sets and props master, Faye, her name is, she's lovely. She's coming here to finish off here being, um, I actually work from home and I have a garage which has all of our sets and, and things like that in it. So she comes here to work on those and get it done, which is amazing. Very blessed. And then, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to pick up, um, the boat We've ordered a boat, everyone, from Moana, which is great, and that's going to go in the van, and so I'll be picking that up tomorrow. A lot of running around really, isn't there? Just so much running around. But anyway, guys, I talked briefly about Talent Manager Bootcamp. That course is not open at the moment, but, you know, as always, you feel free to join the wait list. It'll open up again in a few months. Um, I'll put um, a note in the uh, link in the show notes, but that's just josephinelancuber.com forward slash TMB for Talent Manager Bootcamp. There you go. Um, all right, everyone. Take care. Have a beautiful day and see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.